Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup was like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we... Uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your your podcast there, and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans. And uh, <clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's uh, that that is true. Um, <clears throat> I'm supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcast on Spotify, and, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started if you if you have ever thought about starting a podcast. This is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <coughs> Best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast, or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify Podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to Spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Today's show is brought to you, once again, by the D-Bags. Don't be a Gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a Gunsel is. And uh, typically a Gunsel is kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in but 
For us in the cowboy world, we call him a gunsel. But anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is the website started to uh, started with the working cowboy with, who has a sense of humor in mind, and they also have line of merch that you can buy. Uh, they got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug. Uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out. That'll help me out. And you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go I'll go check them out. Support them. And uh, use the Burning, uh, Burning Daylight promo code. B-U-R-N-I-N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley, and we're burning daylight. All right, welcome burning daylight listeners. We got a very special guest on the show today. He, uh, the guy I don't know a whole lot about. He's a uh, kind of a man of mystery, but his Instagram page is cool as hell. He's uh, a fly fishing cowboy, and I mean that in the truest sense of the word. He has got pictures of himself fly fishing on horseback, and uh, he's got a couple bronc stomping photos and. Uh, well, he's a handsome fellow with a big voice and uh, really some good songs that I've found. So, welcome uh, to the show, Mr. Sam McHugh. How are you today? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate your time. You bet. You bet. Now, you're, uh, you're a Montana cowboy, if I remember right. Born and raised, yeah. I'm just I'm from, from Montana. I, I live in northern Idaho now, up in Coeur d'Alene area. And, uh, something awful but i go back just about every other weekend to go see family and and uh my horses and all that so <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what town were you born in i was born in missoula and then i went and moved to bozeman and then i lived in livingston and a gardener so kind of all over okay cool i i spent some time up in big sandy i spent a winter up there on the high line and uh oh, man. the bear paws and that is a beautiful country but it, you've got to be tough to live up, live up there so I, i'm gonna go ahead and say you're automatically tougher than i am i didn't make it very long <laughs> i don't know those highline boys are pretty tough up there up north they, they kind of like to fight too i have noticed they everybody thought i was a texan because i had a, a hat that was bigger than charlie chaplin's and they, they assumed i was a texan and they wanted to fight me for some reason but uh, I, I had a good time up there. It was, uh, it was a good experience, and it was a good enough experience to know that I was not tough enough to live up there. And uh, I, probably, I probably better move down to a little more of a banana area. I don't mind the cold, but that's just if I I ran into a guy. I was in Helena a couple weeks back, and I ran into a guy from the High Line. I I didn't know who he was, but he, kind of a similar situation as where you know, where my hat and he walks up to me he goes how many cows you own and i looked at him excuse me he goes how many cows you own <laughs> I said, oh, yes. what's it to you like i don't <laughs> walk in the, 
I don't walk into bars and walk up and my belt up and go, how many cows you own, kiddo? <laughs> <laughs> I have the same type of deal. I was, yeah. uh, we were right before cabin season. We were probably about two weeks out from calves dropping. So we were kind of, all of us cowboys on that ranch, we uh, we were making a big last Yahoo before, before we were kind of confined to the ranch. And uh, we went into Haver, some bar in Haver, and uh, it was right around, it might have been uh, Valentine's Day. I can't remember for sure. But there was this big fellow that kept running into me at uh, I was I was standing there close to the bar, and he kept running into me. And there was plenty of space for him to go around. I just figured he was a drunk idiot, which he was. But every time he went to the the bar to get a drink, he would run into me. And so then I got to where I just I was kind of anticipating it, and uh, I I said something a couple times or, uh, to him. And he said, the bar, dude? Get over yourself." And uh, okay, so then I just started elbowing him every time he'd try to try to run into me and then he he got the dang drunk that, that he tried to run into me and bumped into somebody else and that guy didn't take it very kindly and then so he's arguing with that guy and at the same time still trying to, to like back into me so I just started throwing elbows right into his kidney and then he, he got a little pissed <laughs> off and, and I was I was not real excited about the situation because he was a big fella and I, I'm not not a very big dude and uh but he had two whiskey cokes, and he said, uh, "Why are you elbowing me?" I said, "Stop fucking running into me!" And he said, "The bar, get over yourself." And I said, "You want to go?" And I said, uh, "You really want to fight me right now? You don't have you got a drink in each hand. How are you going to fight me?" He, he kind of went cross-eyed, and I think his brain exploded a little bit. And, uh, and then he had a little buddy that kept chirping behind him, and. Uh, we ended up leaving, me and the guys with, because I didn't want to end up in jail or get just pounded on, because we didn't know a single person in that bar. And uh, we ended up at another bar about a week later in Cleveland, Montana. I don't know if you know where that's at. but Believe it or not, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for all the people who don't know Cleveland, Montana, it consists of a bar and a post office and a church. And maybe... Yeah, and maybe like three trailer houses. And the the bar and the post office are in the same building. They just got a bar, uh, wood, wood wall separating them. That's it. And we, we walk into this bar, and it's pretty happening place. And the first person I see is that little tiny fellow that, that had gotten my face the week before. And he was still wanting to fight. And uh, one, uh, one of my buddy's uh, friends told me, he said, hey, just uh, don't fight dirty. settler i guess i yeah. 
I just, I was like, man. I can't handle it. I was, uh, it was weird. You know, I, like, I could have just throttled the guy, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt him. I, really, I wasn't even all that mad at him. I was just, I, I was more confused by the situation than anything. <laughs> but I, I met some good people up there as well. And, I, and I've known, uh, I've known several through college. You know, there's, there's a lot of Montana folks that, migrate down to Colorado State and uh so I met a lot of people through there and uh and I, I've got a I've got a, a pretty big respect for the state of Montana it's uh got all of us folks in the, the western U.S. we kind of got to unite against the, the rest of the country you know we're uh, we're kind of a different breed out here we're a little more independent self-sufficient type folks and uh but because of that, we don't really uh, we don't really play well with others too well sometimes, and uh, <laughs> so that that's kind of a downfall of us. Well, and I and I and I think it's a lot of uh, that's kind of why I like to you know Instagram and and sites like that because it kind of can can help people gain a little perspective uh, for other other ways of life, you know. Yeah, I, they're, and they're open to it. And sometimes they're not open to it and they can hide things and whatever. But I think, you know, when you see a picture of somebody, how they live their life, it gives you a little more empathy and perspective for that, you know, and um, it, it never before have we been able to see how, how people live that have, you know, wildly different lives than we lead, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, and it, it brings a reality to stuff and people want, something real and uh and so i think the more you can just show who you are the more people like it and that's that's why i started this show is you know i spend a lot of time by myself just me and my horse and i just i listen to stuff that i'm interested in and all of that stuff that i listen to is real it's real people talking about what they believe and whether they're wrong or right i just i like listening to the real people and we don't we didn't have anything like that on on the western culture that was interesting you know you've got a lot of stuff and some of it's good but you know the more agriculture related it gets like the drier it gets you know it's just like market reports and, and very in-depth scientific discussions and, and that's important but you've got to make it relatable to people and explain why that matters and uh, and put put some entertaining things on it so that's what i'm trying to do and the response has been amazing. I mean, I, I've got just over 3,000 downloads as of last night. I've put out about 20 episodes. And uh, so, wow. so just awesome. just steady, you know, and we, we hit 1,000 likes on the Facebook page in, in like 10 days. Instagram, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out, but I, I've got a good plan of just knocking down people's doors. I've got big following until they, they notice me or block me. And uh, eventually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out there to a whole bunch of people. But in the meantime, I, I just I like talking to cool people. I like telling my stories, and you know, I always have these uh, these moments where I'll remember something during the day that'll make me laugh. And, uh, and I was like, man, I wish I had somebody to tell that to. Well, now <laughs> I, I record it, and people people seem to like to listen. So it's it's pretty cool. I uh, I think we're uh, we're we're cashing in on a very uh, underused resource on as far as that goes, social media and agriculture and just western way of life i think i think we can exploit the hell out of it and, and give people a, 
you know, a newfound respect for what we do and, you know, where their food comes from and, and what it takes to get there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a, you know, that's such an under, under talked about topic because you look at, um, the, the, uh, what I like a lot about is, uh, you know, I, a lot of my family is, uh, some of them are beef ranchers, you know, I guess. Yeah. And I laugh about people in the store that bitch about the price of beef. <laughs> because yeah. immediately all I can think about is well, it's a pretty, pretty tough winter in Nebraska. They lost a lot of beef out there. I mean, so you know, oh, it yeah. takes a, a 13 cent hike on your ribeye. Just know that that's going to somebody's livelihood. Oh yeah, and you know, and then a couple of the it wasn't this this past winter was Nebraska, and the winter before it was the rest of the Great Plains. It's like seventy five percent of the cattle on feed in the country were under snow for a week. Uh, you know, just a late spring uh, blizzard, and and people wonder why why the yeah their hamburgers cost so Well. There's a lot of lot of cattle dead because of, because of Mother Nature and and it's just part of the part of the lifestyle. You can't control it. You try to control it can and everything else, but it's it's a tough way to make a living. And uh, you know, it, it takes about two years to get a steak to your plate, and so a lot of stuff has got to go right in those two years in order for for you to just go to a restaurant and enjoy a big juicy ribeye. It, there's right. a lot of work that goes into it, and uh, and I think we need to instead of getting just up in arms when somebody criticizes us, you know, you you can you can get offended and get taken back, but you've got to you're still trying to push your product on that to those people. You still want them to eat a hamburger, and they you want them to eat your hamburger. So you can't there's you can't gain any any you know you can't convert any people if you're just bashing them. Yeah. Like you've got to you got to it and uh, so instead of the outrage mode you go into the educational mode and then and if there's a bad thing about it you got to call it out but you can't you can't alienate your, uh, your consumer and, and expect them to keep on buying well and I have a very I have a very good friend who uh, does that he, he works for the so he runs the, the Red Bluff uh, research station for Montana State University and he's a very, very good friend of mine. He um, treats those cows like they're his own because he was raised on a ranch. Yeah. He knows the struggle and, and you really can't do a good job unless you feel like unless you feel personally invested in every single life that you care about there, right? And oh yeah. And it was a tough winter. Just during calving season alone, I think it was thirty below for three days straight and he was out there with a hairdryer you know keeping those calves warm i mean just oh, yeah. their ears. You know, but what part of his job is, is is to is to help you know inform the uh the university so they can inform with, you know of of just how things work so he's always having people out and explaining what's going on and why they're doing certain things and just providing a lot of transparency to the process because if you yeah. have had transparency people just think their meat is coming from a feedlot yep yeah and uh and then you know like one of the things uh 
Joe Rogan always talks up uh, ethical and humanely raised, and, and he's against the factory farms, which means he's against the feedlot. And, you know, he's, he's got these big pie-in-the-sky deals where, like, organic farming save the world, and grass-fed beef is, is where it's at. And, and if you want to eat grass-fed beef, more power to you, but that that's not a sustainable model. You can't Right. Not everybody can can run their own grass-fed cattle. There is not enough grass in the world to do that. So eventually, you're going to have to confine them and feed them, uh, just so you can you can keep up with demand. And in my personal opinion, you get a better cut of meat. And I like Joe. I don't. Uh, you know, I listen to his podcast, and I oh, I love it. He's the king. With the, but with the green I, salt. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that. He, message out there about hunting and, and lean meat and all that stuff but I think, he, I think he's becoming a little bit too idealistic and that's you know going too far the other direction uh, I, I think so and so one of my big goals with this podcast is to get a big enough reach to where Joe Rogan invites me on I want to have this debate with him on using ethical the word yeah. ethical uh, treatment of animals because I I don't see how, and especially like a true organic herd of, of cattle, how is it is ethical to, you either have to cull a sick animal from your program, or you have to let him die, or, or just let him, let him, hopefully he gets better on his own, but most likely they're going to die if you don't treat him. Well, how is that ethical to, to, to meet a, a standard to get that organic label? I mean, that's just... Right. Yeah, no, if there was, if everything was grass fed, the, the price of beef would be astronomical. And, and to be, oh, man. Perfect, to be perfectly honest with you, um, there's the, the people that work in those, in those, um, you know, we call them feedlots, you know, like Dodge City, or any, of those, any of those areas, the people that work there take a lot of pride in what they do. And they take a lot of pride in, and put a lot of effort oh, yeah. in animal, animal health, you know? Oh yeah. I, uh, I've been in the feedlot and for 10 years now and it's a it's a tough job it's not it's not as glamorous as as your ranch cowboy which you know ranch life isn't as glamorous as the trade in the movies and uh and uh and i think we have to highlight that too uh it's like hey uh you know we, we hold ourselves up to this impossible ideal of uh you know the american west and and that ideal is just built by Hollywood. You know, there, there's a, there's some truth to it, but at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of dudes and, and ladies just trying to make a living. And uh, on what's, we're trying to make a living on what's left of the West. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and we're just people, you know, we make mistakes, we have a sense of humor, uh, and there's characters just like there is everywhere else in the world. And that's kind of what I want to do with this, is just highlight some characters and highlight how we're just real people you know we might have a little uh set of work ethic uh we might have a little set of uh values and foundations but in the day we're just people and we're we're trying to trying to do the best we can with what we've got and uh we're about the one of the only industries that is necessary for people's survival that comes under constant attack uh and and so it, it's hard not to get callous and, and get your hackles up active, but you know, we've got to find a way to to combat that type of deal. And I, I don't know what the best method is, but it seems like.
Dale Brisbee says your super punchers, uh, <laughs> your super cowboys. You know, I, I like to, I like to do that. Exactly. Uh, my my cousin was making fun of me for all my my tie strings, and I said, well, in the winter when I when it warms up enough to shed my nineteen thousand layers of clothing, I need about ten tie ropes to keep them all on my saddle. So I to make them back to the barn without losing. Them, so. And you know what? You gotta you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. Oh yeah. You know that's something I don't see often. Like you're like you you know probably those guys you met up in that bar up ever. It's just you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. Um, yeah. Because because that's the only thing under your control. You can control what people say about you. I, you know, yep. I used to, I used to run with this girl that uh, she would go out and ride her horse in her, in her yard and, but she'd get decked out to the nines, you know, and people would make fun of her and she just got mad. <laughs> people were making fun of her pink shaps or whatever. And, and I told her, I was like, you just gotta be able to laugh at yourself. You can't control it. They're going to say just, just own it and embrace it. You're the, you're the, you're the gaudy, you know, just blinged out chick and embrace it. You know, eventually yeah. people like, oh yeah, that's just who she is. And, uh, so when that gentleman asked me how many cows I owned in that bar in Helena, I looked at him and I said, well, can you really own a cow? You know, like just so <laughs> let's get, let's get deep here. Let's, let's get weird. I just had some fun of it because I was just laughing at my, I was laughing at him and making him laugh myself. Oh, and, you know, it just you gotta you just gotta take it all the time. Because I think because oh, yeah. when people look inward, and they, see, they see what what's going on out here in the West. They see all these people doing all these different kinds of things. They're looking for they're looking for access. You know, they're looking for their their entry point. And I think that should be through education. I think people so. should just be able to see it, relate to it. Making a podcast, yeah. what a better way to help people relate to it. To just talk, let them hear conversations. Well, yeah, and I've you know I've got some people lined up because uh, I one of the the big YouTube sites I, I follow is that Three Ten Ranch Life. And they're based out of the southeastern part of the U.S., which, when you think of the cattle industry, very few people outside of the southeastern U.S. think of, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida as cattle country. There's a lot of cattle there. Flor- Florida's yeah. tough cattle country, too, I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, then you watch some of those videos, and you're like, well, shoot, there's some uh, things out there. They're, they're throwing some some straight-up buckaroo-type uh, loops and, uh, and making it look real pretty. And it's like, well, I, I got to talk to these guys because I don't know anything about ranching in that part of the world. So I've got a couple people that I'm going to that I'm gonna visit with on the show. And just, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a hybrid-type cowboy right now because I'm out here in the Great Basin uh, with all the buckaroos. But I grew up on the high plains and more of a Texas-style uh, of uh, cowboying and, and mentality where you're like, let's, let's get shit done now uh, before it gets hot or before the wind kicks up or something like that, where, you know, where the California, where the buckaroo tradition kind of started is uh, the weather's perfect all the time. So you got time to, you got time to slow down and work on your horse and work on your fancy roping skills. And, uh, 
and uh, it's uh, it's just a different type of cowboy, but we're all doing the same thing, and uh, so I, I kind of I want to highlight that because you know there there's so many little intricacies within our our little world that that people have no idea about, and and I've got a lot of feedback. Those rodeo cowboys are insane. Oh man, they they <laughs> just go go go, and uh, I'm and it's funny to see them this weekend or tomorrow night actually up in Livingston. I'm gonna go up there. I got tickets for the fourth. Uh, my wife and I we 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 try and go every year. Uh, it just doesn't feel like the Fourth of July until I until you see some bull riding and then the lights go dark and you just start seeing fireworks shoot off and you hear all those patriotic songs that's fourth of july to me heck yeah heck yeah we're headed up to bridgeport california and we're gonna watch the fireworks show and then they got a two-day range rodeo friday and saturday and uh i'm gonna i didn't get dinner i didn't get a team together i wanted to but i haven't been on a ranch rodeo team in about three years i've been slacking but i'm gonna get back into it and uh but i'm gonna try to do a couple of couple little interviews just uh talk to some of the guys that are in it i know i know quite a few of them and uh it'll be a fun time but yeah that that that's america to me is just uh you know it's just you know everybody's got their own stuff going on but you shut it down for for a weekend or whatever and you all get together you celebrate what this country was founded on which is freedom and liberty and uh you know self-ownership and uh and then you celebrate that, and you have a good time. And, and what better way to do it than celebrate Cowboy Style? And that's 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 the best way to do it, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool, um, cool small town traditions too that you know, you just, like that just feels like home. I used to be, when I worked in, the, in Yellowstone National Park as a park ranger there for about five years. We'd get off and race up to Livingston from Gardner, Montana, and just race up there, go to the rodeo, go downtown, all the, all the pre- post rodeo parties, street dance, and all that, and then uh, at home. You know, and it was, that's just that's it for me. That's the pinnacle. I could I could be on a lake. I could be on Fourth of July. That's where I'd want to be back there in Livingston, oh, yeah. Montana. I agree. I I. Uh... For me, it's just, it's just something along those same lines. I don't have a particular place in mind, but if there's a good, you know, either rodeo or even better, a ranch rodeo, and then yeah, just a just a live band and a street dance, and uh, and that's that's you know, and then a good fireworks show. Get the get the beer a flowing, get the music pumping, and uh, and just have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as long as they got Rainier and a long neck, I'm there. Oh man, you know I uh, I started I bought some Rainier just because of that show Longmire, and I gotta oh, say yeah. it's not a it's not a bad beer for a cheap beer. I kind of enjoyed it. I was I was always a Keystone Coors Light guy growing up, and then then I went to college and got spoiled with all the the craft brew there in Fort Collins, and, <laughs> and so so I've expanded my taste a little bit. But when it's a good hot summer day. It's not much better than just an ice cold bird bite. You know, I know it's not a, a, a real beer, but it sure tastes damn 
it uh, we keep it on ice in the tack compartment of our horse trailers so that you know when we go out on a 16 17 mile ride or whatever go up and then we got little lawn chairs that we just pull out of this trailer and we sit there yep. at the trailer in the shady part you know oh yeah <laughs> and we just and I, I tell you what there's nothing better and it's got to be in a long neck it's got to be in a oh yeah glass model because then yeah. you've got the puzzles under the underneath the caps and you can solve the puzzle. oh man i haven't i haven't worked out too uh i haven't i haven't experienced that i'll have to go find me some reindeer long necks but uh that, that's the that's uh yeah there's nothing better just ice cold beer after you've been uh you know you and your horse are both a little bit sweaty a little bit tired and, you know you yeah. kick off the, the saddle and uh and just you know whether you call them let them loose, whatever. Let them graze, roll around, and then just kick back and drink a cold beer. That's uh, I usually I don't even have to tie my mare up. My main my main mare I call her my bottom bitch. She uh, yeah. <laughs> she uh, yeah. I, mean, I have to tie her up. She I'm the pack. She sticks with the pack. That's me. So. Uh, Sam's bottom B. I like it. Uh, that's her. Yeah, my 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 horses are all named off after Lonesome Dove characters. So my my good mare is Clara. <laughs> she's she's a pretty pretty woman, but she can be kind of a bitch. Uh, but she is uh she's the same way. She she ground ties, and you know I uh if we're out some you know out in the open like that, I'll just I'll usually just put a halter on her and just let her drag the lead rope behind her, and she'll you know she'll uh. She'll stand for me to catch her and, and no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, speaking of these street dances and live music, uh, tell me about this song, uh, Her Town, you've got on your YouTube page. I, I listened to it, and I was pretty, pretty good tune. Thanks. Yeah, I wrote that song about a year ago. Um, and I spent the last year out of the drawer working on it, putting it back, you know. And uh, finally, I kind of got off my ass one day and finished her every time I finish a song I like to record it um and I do a lot of that but this time around I decided to set up some cameras during the process and, and live track it and get it you know help people kind of visually see it you know I think it's better than just looking at a picture or something um, when you're listening to something and and uh what I've gotten a really cool it's about a, you know, it's about a very, uh, a situation that was real, you know, or to a point, you know. Yeah. Songs start with a real situation, and and I won't name names or or na even names of towns, but there are certain towns that I won't even uh, <laughs> that I won't even stop for gas in. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all got got stuff like that. You know, you you can get kind of territorial and uh, a little clickish at times, and. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's not. But you know, there I've, I've got those same same spots that I yeah, I'll, I'm I'm just gonna keep on cruising. Yeah, just make sure you got a full tank and blow right by. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, I uh, I was kind of surprised you didn't have a whole lot of views on that video, so we're we're gonna have to change that. I tried to share it to my Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but apparently Instagram's down right now. I'll, I'll get that, that up there and I'll put it out on the page because it really is a good song. I, I enjoyed Thank the songwriting and uh, and your you know musically it was it was spot on and and you got a hell of a voice. 
But for today, I think that's going to do it because i got to get back to work. So uh, move your ass. Burning daylight. All right. Thanks, Sam. Have a good one. Have a happy 4th of July. And uh, be safe out there. Yeah, you as well. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, man. You bet. All right, folks. That was Sam McHugh. Go give him a follow. Thanks for coming on, Sam. That was a lot of fun. We'll do it again, uh, and hopefully I'll have a little better audio on my side. So apologize about that, folks, but bear with me on this this adventure. I'm still learning. Uh, everybody go follow Sam on, uh, on Facebook, Sam McHugh Music, M-C-C-U-E, uh, on Instagram, at underscore Sam McHugh, and, uh, and then his... <clears throat> then his YouTube page as well, uh, Sam McHugh. So go go find him and follow him, and uh, yeah, give him some feedback. He's he's a pretty cool guy. So go uh, go check out. Don't be a Gunsel, and make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight for a ten percent off, and uh, go buy some cool stuff. They are they're throwing in uh, their version of the MAGA hat uh and a bumper sticker in the fourth of july raffle so thank you for that josh and don't be a gunsel team so uh that being said we're we're gonna get out of here it's uh it's been a long day so um you guys have a safe and happy independence day celebrate it the right way and uh go follow me on uh facebook matt mckinley the Burning Daylight page on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at MickerMac85 on Twitter and Instagram, at Burning Daylight on Instagram for the show page, and at Burning Daylight 2 on Twitter. Uh, also, go. Uh, you can find my Patreon page is uh, patreon.com forward slash Burning Daylight. Uh, if you would like to contribute, I've got a tier set up, and we'll do some bonus, bonus content uh, for those who do. And... Uh, Let's uh let's have a just a wonderful holiday. Uh stay safe, have fun, and uh I'm gonna get so move your ass. We're burning daylight. Wearing a brand new ring 
Now I'm guessing she's accustomed to the finer things. I pass by now and then on my way to some rodeo. I make sure time and again that my tank is always full. I put my pickup in fork and I hand it straight north and not my rear views out of Yes. Yeah.